over in the, the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, there, is a, there are a few verses that, in my opinion, uh, to me, the, these, are, these are hallmark verses for the era that we're in, the time, the time and season that we're in, in the body of Christ, because they help give definition to our time. I think if, if you ask me, you know, what, what is my call or what, am I, you know, what is my ministry, well, I'm, I'm, and it's not just me, but many, are called to be carriers of what God is doing today. Carriers of, we, we use this phrase, an era, you know. Era is just a period of time where God's emphasizing certain things. And then specifically, one of the things it seems like the Lord has me do, and this is the reason for all the books, uh, is to give definition to the era. Because, because, you know, if you don't define things, then people can't get the right picture of it. And then their, their picture might be fuzzy. Their picture might be wrong. You know, so we want to see things the way God sees them. Why? So we can make movement with him. So we can cooperate with him. What God's doing in our day, he cannot do by himself. People talk about a move of God. Well, I, and how many have used that phrase? I use it just like every time I preach, you know, just about, you know, there's really no such thing. <laughs> I knew that'd go over really good. <laughs> There's really no such thing as a move of God if you're talking about God moving by himself. You hear me? It's always a move of God. It's always God and his people in cooperation, God and his people in concert, in harmony. Moving together, making movement together, that's how things happen. That's how things happen. You know, if we went around here and, and you know, had... Just said, think of one of the miracles of the Bible, and, and, and you thought of one, you thought of one, you mentioned one, you mentioned one. How many of them were God all by himself without the cooperation of man? I mean, you know, you can't really count the ones where man wasn't here, you know, like the creation. <laughs> but you know the rest of them. It, it was God and man working together. I mean, all the miracles in Jesus' ministry. Uh, you know, we point out that it's, that it's working of miracles, not just appearing of miracles, not just... You know, not just the, right, it's there, there's a work, there's a, meaning there's a process. There's a process to the things of God. And so this little passage here we're going to read gives definition, helps give definition to our era, and I believe it's one of the hallmark passages for, for our time. And the reason I believe that is the Lord dealt with me and spoke that to me, spoke that phrase to me and said, this is a hallmark passage for our era. And matter of fact, one time, I think it was Dr. Dufresne who was preaching on it. And the Spirit ministered that to me and got me studying along these lines. And uh, I, if, if I go into it too much, I'm not going to get to what I feel is on my heart for tonight. Because I could take, you know, a service or two and just preach on the passage, you know. So if I go over it quick, just, just be cool, okay? <clears throat> so verse 4 says this, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. That's the passage. Now, can I just ask you to be honest with me about something? How many, as you've read through 1 Corinthians 12, got mightily confused when you read that passage? And said, what's he talking about operations? Is it talking about, you know, going to the hospital, being operated on? Huh? What's it talking about? <laughs> Ministrations? Like, come on, what's that? Gifts? I think I know what that is, right? Is it just me or were the rest of you all in that boat too? 
Well, I'd explain it to you, but like I said, I don't really have time for that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let me just, let me, let me, let me do just, you know, kind of cl clear it a little bit up for us. Uh, but I want you to notice what each of these verses says. It each talks about something that's different, and it talks about something that's the same. Do you, how many remember kindergarten? You learned same and different. Huh? How many went to kindergarten and never did learn that? Same and different, same and different, same and different. Uh, don't you know it's important to know that? And so it says there's diversities. That just means differences. Or, or I like how one translation says it, variety. There's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse 5, there are differences. Could we just use that word variety again? There's a variety of administrations, whatever that is. But look at it the same Lord. And there are diversities. Could we use our same word again? There's a variety of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. So we notice this, that where the things, what we would call the things of God, or what we would call the things of the Spirit of God, where those things are concerned, we know this. Of all those things, there is great variety. But we also learn this, the key to safely experiencing that variety is to understand some things that are the same. Are you with me tonight? Because how many of here, you've been like me, where something was happening and you're like, I'm just not sure, I'm just not 100% if this is God <laughs> or not. And how many of you have the heart, and I think, I think you do, where you have the kind of heart that says, well, if it's God, I'm on board. But that's the question, is this, uh, you know, is this God? Is this God? Well, you see, so, and, and don't you know the things of God? Aren't you glad there is variety? Huh? That God just doesn't do two things. Right? You know, aren't you glad there's not just two kinds of music? Huh? I know pastor thinks there's just two kinds, country and western. But there's... <laughs> Aren't you glad there's more? <laughs> Aren't you glad there's more than two? How many, how many are glad that you can go to Baskin Robbins and there's not just two flavors, right? There's not just one flavor. No, see, God's a God of variety. I mean, in creation, uh, you think about the variety. You think about the kinds of trees there are. And, uh, you know, you travel like I do and like Brother Philip does. You go to different parts of the country. You see different landscapes. Come to where I live in Colorado, you'll be like, you'll, you'll be like I didn't know about this. You know, just it's different, looks different. Why? Variety, different stuff, different plants, different, right? How many glad there's different dogs, right? There's different cats. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say here, there are only two genders, right? There's only man. And, okay, never mind, we won't get into that. <laughs> I've never said that before, but hey, it fit. Anyhow. But great variety, not just in God's creation, not just in the fish and the flowers and the trees and the, and the things that he's created, but in the things of the spirit and the ways that he works and the ways that he moves. There's tremendous variety. But how do I know where these spiritual things are concerned? You know, how do I know what's safe, what's God? How do I know what's safe to step into? Well, you know, you understand his variety by knowing that which is the same. What's the same? 
one Lord, one Spirit, one Father. If you get to know, now this is what the Lord said to me, it's so deep you might miss it. <laughs> Actually, it's just so simple. You might think, brother, is that the best you could receive? Yes. Uh, and, and the Lord said this to me, if you'll get to know Him, you'll always know when it's Him. I told you, that's deep. That messed you up. That's deep. If you get to know Him, you'll always know when it's Him. Be why? Because He is the Lord, He changes not. He is the Lord, He changes not. He's, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, there, see, see, I thrive on variety. I like, I, I like different. I, I'm not, because I'm... Uh, my background, I'm a musician, I'm very creative, creatively oriented. I love, you know, if it was chocolate today, it needs to be vanilla tomorrow. You know what I mean? I just like, I, I like different things. I like variety. But, uh, but right on the other hand, I'm telling you, it's so comforting to know that we serve a God who there's parts of him who are always the same, always consistent. And listen, you know, that you want that too. You want not just the sameness, you want variety. You know, like you and your spouse, you, you want to have things that are different, but you're so glad that there's things that are the same. How many are glad your spouse isn't, uh, isn't full of God one day and full of the devil the next day? You might say, well, brother, my spouse is full of God one day, full of the devil the next day. Well, on the days they're full of the devil, bring them here uh, when pastor's preaching. And on the days that they're full of God, bring them here when I'm preaching. Hallelujah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get them. Amen. But that, that's a sign of growth. Consistency is a sign of maturity. It's a sign of, of godlikeness. But right on the other hand, you don't have to lose your individuality. You don't have to lose the variety that you love. Is anybody here tonight? Amen. Amen. Did you like it better last night when I was on the floor all night long? So, that, so there is great variety, yet great consistency with the things of God. And when you know God, when, you're, when you've developed in your relationship with Him and you've learned that which is the same, well, what, what about God is the same? Well, one thing is His Word never changes. The more you know the Word, the safer you will be stepping out into the things of the Spirit. The more you know His Word, the more you know the principles of the Word, the more you, you actually put it in you, know what it says, the safer you will be stepping out into the things of the Spirit. Why? The more you know the word, the more you know him. The more you know him, the more you know when it's him. You can step out safely and participate in the things of God. So a variety of what? Variety of gifts. Well, what does that word gifts mean? That word gifts really is a reference to what we call the gifts of the spirit. It's the word charis. In the Greek, it means anointings and endowments. Well, the gifts of the Spirit work when the anointing comes upon a believer for a certain one of the manifestations of the Spirit. Like I said, we can't teach, we can't teach it in detail because it takes take all night, right? But uh, the word of knowledge, what is that? You know something supernaturally by the Spirit. You, it's knowledge by the Spirit, right? So there's a variety of those, of, of those kind of manifestations. The anointing, the Spirit within you or the spirit upon you if you're ministering the anointing will prompt you in the area of knowledge you'll have a knowing we call it a knowing you have a knowing i just know this i don't know how i know it i just i'm, I'm convinced of this well see that's knowledge by the spirit that's one of the variety that's one of the ways that the lord 
manifests. Amen. That's one of the gifts. Now, the Bible lists like nine of them, you know. Do you know? Okay, the Bible lists like nine of them, right? Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning spirit. Those are those revelation gifts, right? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, the vocal gifts, and then faith by the spirit, right? Working of miracles, gifts of healing. Those are, those are the gifts of, of power, gifts of action. Well, see, thank God for that variety, but how do you, have, you ever, have you ever seen one of the gifts of the Spirit operate, but something on the inside of you is like, this isn't right? Huh? You ever have seen anybody operate in supernatural knowledge, but there just wasn't that, there's supposed to be something the same about it. And have you ever seen that happen, and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody's impressed around you, and on the inside you're like, mm, this isn't right. This is, I, I don't know why it's not right. It's just something on the inside of me. See, the same is missing. And, and you might say, well, what's happening? Well, you know it's possible to know things supernaturally by familiar spirits as well as the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's certain manifestations you can just operate in the flesh. Amen. And then the flesh is the doorway to evil spirits. If you just keep going deep enough and far enough in the flesh, you'll open the door to evil spirits. So we're interested in you, you always, anytime a gift of the spirit manifests, you always want to have something attached to it. And that is that which is the same. They're the gifts of the spirit. There's a variety of gifts, but one, what's it say? Huh? Same spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, as far as you're concerned? He's, he's within you. And if you get to know Him, how do you know Him? Well, you can experience His presence, you, right? You can experience His peace. Well, see, those things are the anointing. Amen. And really, the same, it's the same anointing, different measure, that, that comes on a person to operate these things. And if what's on the inside of you doesn't bear witness and connect with what's going on, and if you're like, if you're cringing instead of going, yes, <laughs> well, they're, they're, the sameness is missing. Now, <clears throat> see, I've ruined my mess. I told you if I got into it, you get into it a little too deep. But anyhow, there, there are uh, whole groups of believers, and it's been very popular in the last decade, that uh, they teach that you can really operate certain of the gifts of the Spirit on demand. You know what I mean? All on demand. Well, you can look down here and you'll see just a couple verses later that all these work that one and self-same spirit as he wills, as he initiates. Now, we can position ourselves for these things. Are you hearing me? We can position and need to. And we can make a demand on the gifts as a whole. But in terms of operating a specific one whenever you want at your will, no, that's out beyond the boundaries of Scripture. You see what I'm saying? Glory. And so uh, there's groups that are teaching, well, you know, hey, you can, you can get a word of knowledge about a person anytime you want to get a word of knowledge about a person. Well, if you can, it's not by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's not by the Holy Spirit, you can't. For one thing, the Holy Spirit's not out gossiping. He's not a gossip. <laughs> God, show me such and such about this person. Why is he going to spill all his laundry? You call, you're going to do is make a big show out of it. Make a big deal out of it. Amen. And so that's, that's the gifts. Uh, there's three categories that this talks about. And I'm telling you, these things, are, this is a hallmark passage for this era because it describes 
what's going to be prominent in the move of God, move of God and His people, the move of God that we're in. One of the things, and you've heard you know, different ones that have prophesied. We, we were very close to Brother Hagin's ministry and still follow him very closely. He prophesied about this era. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied, Lester Sumrall, Dr. Dufresne, different ones. And they said, you know, the end time revival going to feature the gifts of the spirit in, in full measure, full manifestation. Right. So so this, and this defines it. This defines it. But in order for, you know, you can't just make it happen by deciding I'm going to have a word of knowledge or I'm going to, you know what I mean? You've got to, these are things that happen by the spirit, by the spirit. And so the next thing it talks about is there's a, there's differences or we'd say it this way. There's a variety of ministries. But the same Lord. I said ministrations. Uh, I said ministries, right? Administrations. It's the Greek word translated ministry. That's why I gave you the definition by mistake there. The Greek word translated ministry. It literally means this places of service. It's it includes, but is not limited to what we call the fivefold ministry offices. Hope I'm not boring you too terribly bad tonight. But it includes the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Not limited to those because there's other ministries. For example, a pastor can have a prophetic ministry as well, but not stand in the office of a prophet. Now, so, so we'll just say this. this is, these are talking about the ministry offices. Amen. And if you go on reading in chapter 12, it actually, you know, if you go down far enough, it starts talking, verse 27, verse 28, about the ministry offices. So he talks about these things. So what do we know? There's a variety of ministries. There's a variety of places of service. Uh, ministry of helps is a place of service. Now, it's not an office unless, unless you, uh, pardon me, as you're faithful in the ministry of helps, there are ones that God will set in what the Bible calls the office of a deacon. The office of a deacon is a place of service with an anointing. That, that others in the ministry of helps don't have that same degree of anointing, you see. Amen. Well, just be faithful wherever God sets you and don't worry about this or that. You know what I mean? Let God be the promoter. Amen. But the important thing is defining the era that we're living in, that the, the, the ministry offices are a huge part of what God's doing in this day. I mean a huge part. You might say, well, haven't they always been? Yeah, but... How, how many have we heard prophesy that Brother Hagin would prophesy that in full potential power shall come the ministry offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher, flowing as one. Amen. Huge part, huge part of what God's doing today. And see, again, you know, anything that God wants to do, we understand the enemy's going to oppose. And so there's been great opposition in the last couple decades to the ministry offices. Uh, a dumbing down of them to where to where you know really people who even people who were trained by people like brother Hagen, people that might have gone to his bible school to, they do not recognize any office except the pastor's office and the teacher but there's others there there are real evangelists did you know that that there's evangelists that i'm telling you the fire of god comes out fire breathing evangelists that the preach comes on them, and I'm telling you, miracles throw, flow through them, and healings, and deliverance. Amen. Casting out devils. And I love the evangelist. I love the evangelist. Amen. 
I don't stand in that office as a normal thing, but I love that office. Amen. And there's prophets and there's apostles. That, for real, for real. <laughs> See, because there's a lot of pretend prophets. And there's a lot of pretend. Do you know the Bible talks? Every single one of the ministry offices, it talks about the real one, and then every single one of them has a false one. Paul talked about false apostles, false prophets. Amen. Didn't mention a false evangelist, but, you know, false pastors, false shepherds, false teachers. Amen. And so how many want the real? How do you know if it's a real prophet? Huh? Or a non-prophet? <laughs> How do you know if it's a real prophet or a non-prophet? There will be something attached to the variety that has a sameness. Now, now, now you have to understand, there's no two pastors who are just exactly alike in their gifting, right? And then you get into an office like the prophet's office. I mean, there's different varieties within these offices. That's why we're talking about the variety is a huge thing. You know, there, there, there are speaking prophets, in the Bible, how many know Isaiah, you don't hear a whole lot about his miracle ministry, right? But was he a prophet? He was a speaking prophet. Jeremiah, Isaiah, those guys spoke, wrote, right? But then there was, there was, uh, there was other prophets like Elijah and Elisha. They were doing, they were action, you know, there was, there was more action. And there was, there was even some prophets to where their action was a little bit different, you know what I mean? I mean, Ezekiel would, would get down, lay on his side. Who would do that? <laughs> and so the variety but if if it's of god there's going to be there's going to be something on the inside to where this is yes that there's going to be the witness there's going to be the witness that tells you there's a sameness here there's a sameness and if there's not <laughs> then then you that's not a place you want to stay well let's talk about this last one real quick can we before we use up all of all of the time here, but the, verse six, there's a variety of what operations. How many have told somebody, "Hey, let's go to church tonight for some operations"? Yeah. Can I tell you about that word operations? It is an awesome word in the Greek. It's the word energema, where we would get our English word energy. And when I saw that. The Spirit of God prompted me with this definition. The energy of God is the flow of His power. There's a variety of ways that God's power moves and flows. Amen. And this would be talking, uh, because, you know, He's already talked about the gifts of the Spirit. But this would be talking about the flow of God's power in other ways, what we would call demonstrations and manifestations demonstrations and manifestations hallelujah what do you mean demonstrations and manifestations you ever seen people by the spirit get up and dance in a service huh you ever seen somebody you ever seen the hand of the lord come on somebody and they run huh you ever seen you ever seen where there was just spontaneous praise i mean i you know I, Back, back when I remember I was first uh, went to Rama and I went to there in 1993 and uh, very new to the to the things of the spirit. Matter of fact, really had had no pr 
previous experience at all with the things I'm talking to you about tonight. Had served God and even had been in ministry for a couple years, but just didn't have any experience in these spiritual things. Amen. And uh, I just remember the Spirit would come on a congregation and everybody would stand up, begin lifting their hands and praising at once without anybody making them. I'm like, what? You can do that? <laughs> that happens. Well, see, that's an operation. That's the, energy of, that's, the ener that's the energy of God. It's the flow of God. Amen. And then even, you know, in corporate settings, there's a flow for every service. There's the energy of God. I'm not being new age with you. You understand talking about energy and vibration? vibrations <laughs> hallelujah no there's a flow of God for every service amen now this is what God God is doing in our day this is what God's doing in our time he's endeavoring to emphasize these things he's endeavoring to emphasize his gifts the anointings and endowments of the spirit his the ministry offices, and the demonstrations and manifestations of the Spirit. That's what God's endeavoring. That's what, the, what we call the last day's revival. We're in it from God's perspective. In meaning this, he's not like, he's not just got the spout cracked this, this much little, and, and he said, you guys are really nice, and if you pray hard enough, and if you, pr and if you preach loud enough, I'll give it another little crank. No, see, from his perspective, the spout or the glory comes out, like we sometimes say. It's, it's, it's wide open. It's wide open. The problem isn't on the sending end. The problem is on the receiving end, right? Because the body of Christ has been on a, if we put it in television terms, the body of Christ has been on a different channel. God's broadcasting on one channel. What channel is that? The God channel, of course. And the, and the body of Christ has been on a different channel. They've been watching me TV. <laughs> but wanting God to broadcast through their channel. <laughs> this is where we are. This is where we've been. This is where, this is where Brother Hagen, can I say it this way? This is where Brother Hagen left us. Trying, endeavoring, I mean faithfully and at such a high level trying to move the body of Christ further into position to experience what God has for us. Now, when you talk about revivals, when you talk about different things that God does, he doesn't go from uh, glory to glory in a negative sense, meaning he, did, he started big and it's getting, you know, he's almost out now. Now there's only a trickle left where there used to, no, no. The glory to glory, the strength to strength, the, the grace to grace, the faith to faith is always a, a, an upward progression. It's always more, more, greater. The glory of the latter house will be almost as good as what we used to have. No, no, no. Now, this is God's will, God's plan is for the glory of the latter to be greater. Uh, you know, if there's such a thing as Early rain and latter rain, former rain, latter, the latter rain is supposed to be greater. And so if you, you know, like many of you have, have been around, you know, you've been young a long time, you know, and, and uh, you've been around maybe the things of God for a good while, but you've noticed, haven't you, that in the last at least 20 years, really, really little longer than that, 
it doesn't seem like things are being greater. It doesn't seem, you know, just, you know, because how many here you got saved like in the, either the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, something like that? I mean, when I got saved, I got, you know, I was raised Jewish and uh, grew up going to Hebrew school. I didn't know that Jesus was a cuss word. He's your Lord. He was my cuss word. Somebody cuts in front of you on the road. I mean, Jesus Christ, what in the world? You know what I mean? That, that's how we, that's, that's all Jesus was to me. And so, you know, I got saved. And when I got saved, I, I had a notebook and I only thought there was a couple of us on planet Earth that were saved. I did. I didn't know. And so, I, I, I mean, I wrote down, I, I had that notebook and in the back, I wrote down the names of everybody I met who was a Christian because I thought there was about half a dozen, maybe a dozen. I didn't know this was a worldwide thing. I didn't. It's just where I was, you know. I'm so glad to be saved myself. And then, and then I got into a church way later than I should have, but I finally got into a church. I'm like, oh, you, mean, you mean that's okay, okay. It's coming together for me, okay. I'm gonna, I, so I finally stopped, you know, because like, I can't write them all. <laughs> but this is the mid-'80s, and, I, and, and, and I'm like, I mean, I had, I, we started a Bible study on our campus. I went to the University of Miami in Florida. And uh, the hurricanes, Miami hurricanes. You don't want to hear about hurricanes? I know. So praise the Lord. <laughs> it's like, enough hurricanes. Um, but anyhow, so I went there. I mean, we started a Bible study just in the music school. That thing, was, that thing grew so fast, so big. I mean, it was bigger than my first church that I pastored for a lot of the time. <laughs> it was. And I found this out. You know, then I went on the road in 1990. Uh, had, had been to graduate school up in Rochester, New York, and uh, went up there to study with a certain professor. He actually passed away that year suddenly. And, and so I'm back in Florida, and I got a call to come out on the road with a gospel music group. Their name was Truth. Uh, this was in the 1990s. If you were around back then, you might have heard of them. They, had a, they, they were real popular. So I was with them for three years. And in three years, we were, I only had a couple, like, in three years, we ministered over 800 times. Different church each time. Around, you know, flew across the pond over to Europe, different things like that. But I mean, they were in, they were somewhere every night. I got to see a lot. I was like, oh my Lord, how many of, the, of us are there? <laughs> Started, I mean, and then we have altar calls and it would be like dozens of people would get saved at once. I didn't know that happened. I didn't know that was out there. And then after that, the Lord dealt with me. I mean, now, I won't tell you the story tonight, but, but oh my Lord, the, the last place on earth I ever would have ended up was at this place called Ramah, but that's where, the, that's where I ended up going. I mean, I, I knew people in, uh, you know, because I got saved and went to a Baptist church. How many Baptists uh, do we have here? How many were baptized in a Baptist church? I was, and I thank God for so much of what I learned there. I did, but I mean, for, for me to end up going to Rama, I had people who were higher-ups because, uh, you know, we, when I was on the road with church, I mean, we, there, we'd be in a lot of Baptist churches, a lot of Assembly of God, a lot of, a lot of Church of God, but doing our, own th you know, doing our own services, so we weren't experiencing their ministry so much. But anyhow, I mean, I had higher-ups in the Southern Baptist movement write me letters and say, I will pay you not to go to Rama." said, I will help pay your way to, to this school or this Bible school or this Bible school. And, uh, but anyhow, ended up there, got one of Brother Hagin's meeting. He wasn't even preaching on salvation. And like, you know, 200 people come to get saved. Like, how big is this thing going to get? 
And, you know, going, going to services where, you know, you dismiss the morning service and you know what everybody does after you dismiss the morning service? Everybody goes out and gets in line for the evening service. We'll send, we'll send somebody to go get some sandwiches and we'll take turns going to the bathroom. You know, it's why you don't wait alone. You have to have two couple people. Somebody to hold your place. You know, I'm sure people were selling positions, you know. <laughs> we won't talk about people selling seats. <laughs> And see, we see because I saw that, got used to that, and I realized I thought this is normal. And you know, I started. Then I finally left Brother Hagen's ministry in 2000. Went up to went up to uh, Buffalo, New York area. Started a church up there. And my people had a hard time believing that when you leave the morning service, you go out and get in line for the evening service. They just had a hard time. Be- they thought they could come in anytime they wanted, even late, and get whatever seat they wanted. Because that's what our church looked like. You know? <laughs> and so I said all that to say what I didn't realize was that in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, that the church was in revival. I just thought that's how, I, I, didn't, I just thought that was normal. And then here we go in the 2000s, and in the 2010s, and I realized, uh, If that was normal, then we're backslidden. (laughs) As a body. As a body. Well, see, what we call revival, God calls normal. It's not revival to him. You understand? When people finally do what they should have been doing all along, that's not revival to God. We call it revival. He's like, finally, normal. Normal. It's kind of like, you know, we, we, we talk about suddenlies, right? When things happen suddenly. Do you ever think about it from God's perspective? Our suddenly could be his finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I was finally able to do what I've been wanting to do. All, finally. And we say suddenly. And suddenly, suddenly. Everybody say perspective. Glory. And so, so this is what God's been endeavoring to do since Brother Hagin left us. And one of, the, one of the things that happened was people did not like what these things actually looked like in real life. They were totally fine with them on paper. They were even okay praying for them. <laughs> I'm okay. Listen, we're okay. We're okay to pray for it. We're okay to beg for it. Oh, God, please, please send revival. We're crying out. We're crying out, Father. Can you hear us crying out? And I've been, I'm telling you, I've been in service where people begged so hard, cried so hard, and it's like the Lord's standing here like this. If they would stop crying and just receive what's on them right now. You can have what you're crying for. Just stop the crying and go to responding. And so the problem is they didn't like what, yeah, Lord, we do want revival, but just not like that. The only problem with that, and there's a problem with that. The only problem is, see, God said that as the waters covered the sea, his glory would cover the earth. You remember that scripture, right? 
as the, as the waters cover the sea, the, all the earth shall be filled with my glory. So you understand God's desire is for his goodness, his glory, the, the manifestation of his presence to be, to just absolutely invade the earth with the same kind of pressure into your life as the, as the ocean waters have against the ocean floor. There's a whole sermon there. That's, that's God's desire. But the Bible also says, no flesh shall glory in his presence. And so God's so good, he gives us something to help our flesh not glory. Because when your flesh glories in his presence, bad things happen like you get eaten with worms and die. <laughs> you might say, well, what are you talking about? You gotta, it's in the Bible, you've got to read that sometime. It's... <laughs> Remember King Herod? They, they, they heard him give a speech. And his spe he probably didn't even write it. He probably had a speechwriter write it. And he gave a speech, and people started saying, that's not a man speaking, that's God speaking. And he said, sounds good to me. <laughs> Boom. Flesh was glorying in his presence. So to help our flesh not glory in his presence, God's really good. And he said, in the last days, it shall be that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so he gives your flesh something, confronts your flesh, for you to get your flesh out of the way. And that's so many of the demonstrations, the manifestations of the spirit that we see where people's flesh is involved. Who wants to come to church and run around the building in front of other people? Huh? When you go to a restaurant, do you, do you normally, I'm going to sit down here. When you go to a restaurant, are you sitting there in front of your food and then all of a sudden? Huh? Well, you go to church, who does that? Huh? So there are what we call physical demonstrations of the Spirit to help us crucify the part that's in the way. But the only problem is, if you don't want to crucify your flesh, and who does? Right? Crucifixion isn't fun for anybody. Hello. <laughs> if you don't want to do that, then you have two choices. You can either say, that's not really God. <laughs> and God's moving in some other way in our day. Or you can crucify your flesh and say, this is God, and that means that, means that something's got to die inside of me, and i got to go with it. And it's just way so, and, and during that time, when God had, I mean, I remember back in the 1990s, right, you know, before Brother Hagin went home, I mean, God's Spirit was being poured out mightily. I mean, it was a revival. It was. We weren't where we needed to be yet with it. We didn't get as far as we needed to get with it because there, there started to be attractive alternatives presented where you didn't have to crucify your flesh. And people began to say, well, this is really what God's doing in our day. He's, he's, he's got these church growth programs. You know, I'm just using an example. I'm not against church growth. <laughs> I'm not even against you know, leadership principles. But yet when you take that and make that your, the focus of what you, 
of everything that you do. And, and many have done that. They've substituted leadership and they've substituted, you know, what they've done is substituted, like the, uh, Brother Hagen taught about brass for gold. They've substituted some natural things in place of some supernatural things. Again, some of those things are good in their place. Everybody say, in their place. Amen. Don't, don't, uh, we don't just throw everything out, right? Amen. And so a whole movement began to come up as an alternative. Huh? Well, who, who is there that we know that loves to take the things of God and present an alternative version of it? Hmm? And so we began to see, and we've seen it now, it's about 15, 20 years old, but we've now seen a whole collective, a whole group of churches raised up that has the form of the things of God without the power. The form without the power. Are we against those people? No, they don't know any better. Some of, now, some of them that were in the light and turned from the light, they did know better. They'll be held accountable for them. But by and large, most of them now, you now see, that has turned into mainstream Christianity. Mainstream Christianity is powerless Christianity, by and large. It does not, you can't go there and get healed. A lot of them, you can't go there and get saved. Huh? And they'll, give you some, they'll give you some self-help tips. Come on now. And so, well, what needs to happen? Just, just follow the real. Demonstrate the real. Have the real. And I'm telling you, in our day, people are genuinely hungry for the real. Because the false, now again, when I say false, I don't necessarily mean evil. You can have false teeth, that doesn't mean you have evil teeth, it's actually a blessing. It's just imitation, it's just imitation, right? I won't ask you how many have an imitation leather couch, but you'll, you'll find when that thing starts peeling and cracking, that you wish you had sprung for the real thing, baby. Let me tell you. And, and if you've been in the false church, <laughs> you're going to come to the place where you realize the hunger and the hole in my heart, it, I mean, the, the, the spinning lights just aren't doing it. The, 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 the tight jeans just aren't doing it for me. Now, now listen, I'm not trying to get a rise out of you because I'll tell you, we call that seeker-sensitive. And I'll tell you who one, one of the most seeker-sensitive people is, the Holy Spirit, number one. Brother Hagen, number two. Meaning he was sensitive to who he was ministering to. And so again, even in all of that, there are some good things. You shouldn't just go hard to the other side and say, well, there's nothing good about it. Well, Miss Expert, Mr. Expert, how do you even know so much? Amen. It's talking about what God's doing in our day. Praise Him. I think we're going to... Now, I didn't get to my message. I didn't. I did not get to my message that I had, but there's tomorrow. That's why there's tomorrow. Hallelujah. So, so just, just stand up for a moment, if you could, and let's just... Even if we get back into some of these things, just give the Lord some praise for a minute, because... I've been ministering for a few, and you've been receiving for a few. Oh, glory. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Spirit of God who enlightens us, who helps us, who quickens us. Thank you for our answer. 
Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for help. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah. We look to you. We trust in you. We believe in you. You're our everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory.